I'll bring the Yo, what's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another dope episode of Creative Conversations, where two artists just get together and shoot the shit for a little bit. You can find Creative Conversations on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Do me a favor when you get on there and you see my face under Creative Conversations, hit that like button. Give us five stars so that way we can rise in the algorithm so other people can join in the conversation. Now, tonight, we have a very special guest. This young lady here has been, I don't even know how to describe it. Once I started really getting into her work, she has just been dominating in her field. She definitely makes sure that she has a story to tell and that you're going to be able to enjoy and feel where she's coming from. A storyteller that will make sure that she will nurse your soul with awesome content. Give it up for the awesome Sheree Antoinette. How you doing tonight? Oh my God, Blair! <laughs> Much better after that introduction. Thank you. Um, oh no, yeah. it's warm. Yeah. <laughs> I'm doing really good. I'm really excited to be here, and yeah, I'm really excited to have this conversation, like with another creative, because I think these conversations are really important. Not for sure. It's definitely community over competition. So mm. I want to always make sure that we're able to grow as a community of just different artists and different genres and just bring it together, you know, because we all fall under the same umbrella. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. So, Sheree, before we get into it, give me a quick favor and just give the people, you know, tell them a little bit about yourself. Give them the little scoop. Oh, my goodness. Well, my name is Sheree Antoinette. Um, I go by this name because... <laughs> Um, my mom named me after the Stevie Wonder song and um, my Sharia oh. Moore. <laughs> hey. And um, she spelled it like Cher Belafonte, though, so people could never pronounce my name right. So I said, you know what, I'm going to have a pen name, a stage name. And um, I, I did. I've always loved history. So I went with Marie Antoinette, but did a did a spin on it. So it's Sharia Antoinette. And mm. <laughs> that's kind of where I got this name. That's awesome. That's awesome. See, just just starting your artistry just with the name alone, and then she just let everything else follow. Yeah, you know, I think it's so important. Like, I think you know, we're given these these birth names, and they can be awesome sometimes, but they could also be like reminders of parts of us that we we've outgrown and we don't feel like resonate with us anymore. So, I definitely felt like I wanted a name that would last and withstand the test of time. I didn't want anybody mispronouncing it, so. Um, that's, that was my start into this artistry was, you know, let me figure out my name and what I want to be called. Not for sure. I was definitely, I uh, kept telling myself, don't mess up her name, man. <laughs> don't mess up her name. Don't and I just, and then on the other end, Blair, I was just like, he's going to mess up my name. He's going to mess up my name. I'm just waiting, but you didn't. So listen, oh, no. I'm, nah, I'm nah. so appreciative. I am because my, my, my last name is actually Perry. And so mm. people would call me Sherry Perry. And um, it it literally getting up, getting on the intercom and hearing the principal say Sherry Perry early checkout, like it just it just made my skin cringe. And I was like, when I when I get older, no one's gonna call me Sherry ever again. <laughs> mm. I mean, at least it was an early you know call out to where it's like you get to go home early. It's like good, right? Like, I don't have to sit with you saying my name wrong, right? Exactly. And I'm like, man, you know, you would think five years of elementary school, you, you get it right eventually, but. <laughs> Yeah. Nah. So, <laughs> nah. Yeah, no, they don't care. I mean, how many of us names do they pronounce wrong? So Exactly, exactly. Well, we're definitely gonna make sure your name is pronounced here and people are gonna know the truth. Oh my goodness. Today. 
Thank you. And they'll you. be chanting your name for sure. Oh, my so God. let's go ahead and get into the start of it. So yeah. what pretty much, like, I guess lit a fire on, in you to be like, you know what, I'm really going to start getting into writing and other aspects of art, or has it always just been in you? Um. So I honestly, I thought that it was something that, well, it was both, both uh, exist and both are true. So okay. I think it's always existed in me and it's always been in me, but I didn't really recognize or um, like it was like just gasoline and then the match was lit. Right. And then now it's like, OK, now you're all these things. But um, I always was a writer. I started writing poetry and short stories. I actually in in um, middle school, I had a story because um, I read a lot of books because I was just very mm -hmm. introverted. And I, I wrote a story and I actually had it illustrated by one of my other classmates. <laughs> Oh, wow. And then I, like, distributed it around the class. But it was, like, rent a book because I was, like, we only have one copy because it's handwritten. <laughs> so, rent like, a book. <laughs> I, yes. So it was rent a book, you know, and I, I rented out my stories. And it was just people would pass it around class. And I was, like, okay, I'm. that's when I knew I was a good storyteller. It was probably, like, around eighth grade. Um, but, but even before then, like, all, every time our teachers would call, like, an English class, even then, I remember as early as first grade, my teachers reading my works out loud. And it just continued that way. But actually, I had a really bad experience with writing um, in ninth grade theater. And um, it I will never forget it. Like, I thought I had wrote the best story. It was going to be so amazing because they were picking five of our scripts to create into a, um, you know, a theatrical production. And so I had spent all this time in my head, and I am a very much so a hopeless romantic. So my early genres were like all romance, just everything romance. And so I wrote this, I mean, it would put Twilight to shame, the amount of, you know, <laughs> cheesy romance that was in this script. And thank God, <laughs> I can't completely remember it. But I do remember my feedback from my theater teacher was that the dialogue was hammered and very forced and unrealistic. Mm. And okay. I was so devastated. I was like, that's it. You know, I can't write scripts and I'm never going to write another script again. And Oh, no. Yeah, and even in, in theater, even being a theater nerd and, you know, working on sets, like, I didn't get cast for a lot. I, I, I went to high school and um, I, went, I grew up in Clayton County, but I, I went to high school in Henry County, so I went to Stockbridge High School, and there just was not a lot of roles for black girls. And um, I just remember auditioning, like, everything we did was a period piece. We did, like, Outsiders and Snoopy and, like, all of these pieces that were um, um, uh, Little Shop of Horrors, like, all these pieces that were, like, stylized wow. in the 60s. And so I didn't get cast almost always, but I ended up being the first person from my high school to go to this governor's honors program where they take like the top 1% in your subject area. And I went in theater. So I knew I could act. I just knew that I didn't have the opportunity to do it. But I, that did not discourage me. What I ended up doing was I did stage light. And I did hand, you know, I, I was a, um, I did anything. I, I worked stagehand. Um, I did spotlight. Um, I did set construction. So to me, mm -hmm. I was like, I'm not going to stop something I love because what I loved more than anything was the story. And right. so any way that I could play a part and get in the story out 
was very vital to me. And so now, fast forward, what lit a fire under me after having all those losses and, you know, what really lit a fire under me was, again, I wasn't getting cast and I was, you know, working hard and auditioning, finally got me an agent and I was like, you know what, there's no roles for me. And it's the same problem I had in high school. And I remember back in middle school, you know, I just wrote my own story. So I said, you know what, I'm going to uh, pick up the <laughs> pick up the pen again and I'm going to write my own stories. And so um, once I started writing them, I was like, okay, now who's going to buy it? And then when I realized, you know, <laughs> sometimes you just have to do it all. And so I think that God really exposed me to every aspect of, you know, a theatrical production so that when the time came, I would be fully equipped with all these different skills that I didn't know I had. Oh, man, I love that. I mean, it's always dope to be blessed, to be put in a position where you can leverage it to bring you back full circle. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I, I can I can definitely feel that. Um, they always tell you, at least from when um coming up, you know, you think you have to take things at face value and call mm. it a day. Mm. Thus, like your stumbling block with, you know, rejection, your first real taste of rejection for your writing up until you're like, but you didn't give up, you know what I'm saying? Right. And f- with that, you started really pulling from your experiences. Like like it was mentioned, I I had to learn that later on. Yeah. And <clears throat> excuse me. And with that, I didn't really, sometimes you don't know in the moment when you're doing that up until you kind of get to that place where the, like you said, the, the, the light kind of sparks. Mm. Uh, when it came to photography, it was a, a blessing in disguise in high school. Didn't even know I wanted to get behind the camera. Wow. And then I got into it, got into photography, started really loving it, started meeting different people, which then opened me up to different types of artists. And then fast forward, what, 12 years later, now I have a podcast talking to different artists based on my experiences wow. in art and then meeting other people, not knowing that having these different type of conversations, these different type of friendship and experiences would lead to being able to showcase people like you. Oh, man, that's that's amazing. But yeah, I feel the parallelism in, in our story. And I think what's important is that there is this connectedness in um this wholeness, not only between us and our art, but between the artists and the people um, that are and other artists. So I do believe that there's just oneness um, mm-hmm. as humans in general, just this connectedness. And once you tap into that, I think the artistry just pours. So um, I think that these conversations that you're having now behind the the mic, as opposed to you know being the one behind the lens, I think that um, these conversations are going to help with that collective consciousness and really propel a lot of people's art. Oh man, I appreciate that. And I, I definitely, that's definitely the prayer to be able to allow people to showcase themselves as they truly should. Mm. You know what I mean? We're so busy working that we don't have time to talk about ourselves. Why not talk about it now? And of course y'all have a fan, you know, being on the show, I'm I'm y'all fan. So we got you and we are fans <laughs> back you know it is definitely reciprocated energy like i'm a huge fan i'm glad i got to listen to your podcast and you know glad that you invited me on so uh for sure for sure uh good looks and speaking of a good look i know that a lot of people have you looked out for you in a way that will mold you into the artist that you are so with people looking out for you they can try to 
kind of turn to your inspirations. Tell me what type of inspirations have you received on your journey? Has it been like family, friends, just the people that you've worked with? Yeah. Oh, wow. That's a beautiful question. Um, I have always been inspired by um, moments. And so for me, my greatest inspiration has been living in those moments. So um, restarting this journey as an adult, someone who's, you know, deeply rooted into a whole nother career. um, And being in my other career is so easy to pass up moments. But then I started getting on set and creating films with friends and creating films with all these amazing talent and I was able to really soak up those moments. And so I feel like all of the journey has inspired me because I've been able to live mindfully and I've been able to sit with with my art and sit with people um, around me. Like just every single moment, like I can replay it like a movie. Like it's just so vivid. And um, I think sometimes I just, I just feed off of um, living in my own movie and being the star of it. And, um, but more than me being a star, I'm, I'm inspired by the fact that people can wholly sit next to me and make me feel like we're the only people in the world. So it's definitely mm. been my friends that I've made these films with, um, their tenacity, their watching their growth, um, seeing us grow together, all of that, um, and, but being present and, and being able to appreciate it as we go, that's been the most inspiring I love that. Uh, I will say this. Sometimes we get caught up in, in moments as artists, entrepreneurs, anything like that, where sometimes we feel like we're alone or we mm. feel like we have to do things alone. So mm. we have a vision. We have to do it. But once you elevate in your career or your craft, you sometimes you understand that sometimes it just takes the people around you to keep you going. You can't do it all by yourself. Absolutely. So I find it very important to be able to work with different people that can inspire you or just have people in your corner that can tell you uh, right from wrong. They don't have to look at your work and be like, oh, it's great. They'd be like, oh, I like that. But, you know, the lighting was a little off on the left. You know, for me, that's inspiring because they want me to be better. Yes, absolutely. I have not. I'm lucky because at this level that I'm on right now and just kind of, you know, reaching the next goal. Um, I'm lucky that people are brutally honest with me <laughs> and especially people that I've worked with like Kaya, Kaya Alexandria Klingman. She has definitely kept me honest, wholly honest and grounded me because if you are, you know, sometimes your own artistry can sweep you away into this beautiful bubble and it's okay every now and then to come down to earth and have it pop because people will keep you grounded. And like you said, that's inspiring because you don't want to be around yes men, people that tell you you're great. And then, you know, you're not really that good. <laughs> yeah. You fall off and think like, what happened? Your hubris then becomes your downfall because mm. nobody can quote unquote tell you anything. Mm, absolutely. That narcissism. So, yeah, mm-hmm. I, I definitely try to keep myself. Um, well, I it's not even me. It's, it is. I've surrounded myself with people that really believe in the vision, but they also mm-hmm. see the position that they play and they they think it's important to, you know, be honest and truthful so that, um, you know, we can create the absolute best product. No, for sure. And I mean, take into account, you've worked with different people in different 
genres too in regards mm. to art because i was doing a little research i was digging <laughs> you know wanting to make sure i was like let me soak up as much as possible <laughs> you know for this conversation and i saw that you were into fitness for a good deal you were into modeling for a while especially for what it like more or less your how would i describe that work it was definitely very lively and you were definitely liberated if you yes. will Yes. So more of a liberated pieces, uh, lots of black and whites and deep contrast, different things of that nature to really show that feminine side mm. that I picked up on. Uh, you've definitely done that. So and then you even took a stab at fashion as well, just to just show everybody that you got some style. I mean, you had style when I met you, or at least when <laughs> I got this new art. Thank you. So uh, briefly, tell me how those kind of mold into your whole artistic vision. Yeah, I think um, for me, being well and living well and feeling well and really being authentic mm -hmm. helped me to create authentically. So like even today, I, I'm working on a script for another creative. Um, this is my actually my first time writing a feature film for someone else. Nice. <laughs> That's their story. So mm -hmm. um, sometimes and with hard drive, working on my own stuff, sometimes um, I cannot multitask so i like to declutter i like to to not only declutter my room but declutter my mind and for me fitness it's it feels like something that allows me to uh break free and i tell people all the time you have to be inspired by other other things besides what you're focused on like if you only a filmmaker if you only watch film if you only you're so into just film 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 you'll miss all the other uh, green pastures that could inspire your work so for me fitness is one of those things that I take seriously that I enjoy to do uh fell off for a while because I was really sick with COVID and had to recover mm, my lungs right. and all that stuff but um starting back over and the other thing I learned is that Fitness is a discipline and just that's like true. art is a discipline, fitness takes discipline. And I think that's why I don't give up is because um, I used to do these challenges like 60 day challenge, 21 day fitness challenge. And if I missed a day, I would just start back over. And then I realized and only recently I realized every time you start your fitness goal back over, every time you start it, it's good to start over. But sometimes even if you miss a day, even if you fall off the wagon, you have to just continue the 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 same goal that you had or else you'll never reach that goal and i felt like so i feel like sometimes in film i'll do that too i'll self-sabotage so i'll say oh well this wasn't right let me start back over and you know we can really get in the way and so i learn a lot of lessons from fitness and um with the modeling it just felt like i wanted it was more of a conversation right you know as a photographer you know, when you have a model or you have um, a subject, that subject and you have a, a telepathic communication. And it's it's right. something that your soul just speaks to. So for me, like one of my goals as a human is to, to share my soul with other people. So when I find a photographer or I find, you know, um, if I find a medium where I can express myself and share my soul, it's great, but it's even better when I can do it and connect without words. So for me, like being a model also strengthens my acting, strengthens my writing, because again, it's about those moments. And when you're able to tell a story without saying words, then when you finally have words, you're going to tell the greatest story. So modeling was a very important part of my journey into 
um, being a better actress and and being able to be a better filmmaker and pick on the pick up on the nuances of a still of a, a solid singular moment. Oh man, what? How, <laughs> how all that just tied together was so dope. I'm excited. <laughs> Play, don't play with her. Period. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> no, but nah, thank you. No you ask problem. good questions. You ask really good questions. And so, I oh, mean, thank you. Thank yeah, you. It's, it's very, yeah. I'm inspired by your line of questioning. So, all right. Well, let's see what the rest of the show has to offer. No, I'm just playing. I appreciate <laughs> it. I appreciate it. So, with being able to bring those different aspects of your creative personality into your writing, into your into your craft, into acting, you you definitely let us know, at least the people who have been able to absorb your content, that you're ve- very multifaceted and you can hit people in different ways. So someone who wants to be on their fitness journey, they'll look at you and be like, whoa, man, she does take care of herself. I know she's a writer, but she got time to do sit-ups and push-ups. I'm there. <laughs> let me go ahead and do it. Yeah. Um, when it comes to modeling, I can imagine that it makes you more vulnerable. And with that vulnerability, you end up honing your skills and how you really feel about yourself and how you see yourself thus it brings you to a place where you feel even better on camera once those you know still pictures are going into motion with motion mm-hmm. pictures and different things of that nature so you don't have to really worry about how do I look on camera I know because I modeled I've done modeling where I'm really exposed not uh, greatly exposed but you expose yourself enough to where you feel free mm-hmm. so that translates well on film absolutely yeah so I can I feel that yeah, no, I think that what you said is, is very true. Like being a model is very vulnerable and being an actress is very vulnerable, but it, it's nice to start off that conversation with just you and one other person. And, you know, sometimes you model as a group, but to have that conversation with just one other person and be that vulnerable with your soul, it really is a great way to then be able to really almost like, I call it like a black box moment where it's just you and that person. So, yeah. you know, you don't have all these people around you when you get on set. You don't see the gaffer. You don't see sound. You don't see any of that because you know you've already had that moment to moment with, with someone in just one person in a one singular moment. So, Yeah, you build that rapport and thus mm-hmm. you're not really strangers when you work together. That was pretty much my motto when working with anyone. I would sit mm-hmm. and have a conversation in the open area and we both get to know each other for a bit before we start working. So that way, once we got on set, it wasn't it wasn't an issue. Absolutely. We both feel our vibes and we get better photos in return. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So it leads a pathway to success. And when I mentioned pathway, it kind of just struck a struck a bell. I'm sure it does for you because, you know, when it comes to your work, you work under Pathway Cinema. Yes. That yeah. Is, yeah. That's my film company. Um, yeah. yeah. I came up with that name, honestly, because... Um, well, one, I always consider myself to take the path um, less traveled. Um, that's um, one of a really great poem. <sighs> Sorry, I'm on the spot. I think it's Walt Whitman, but I think it's okay. the path least traveled. And he talks about um, how a man came to a woods and there was a, a you know, a divergence, a split. And um, he decides to take the path um, less traveled, you know. And I think it's really easy as people, as artists, to see what everybody else is doing and then take that same path because it's already, you know, it's already the brush isn't, you know, overgrown. There's a clearing for you to follow. But for me in my life and the life that I've lived so far um, Mm. in my 34 years is that you 
create your own path. And so I, I thought about naming my production company after myself, you know, big name in life, Shri Antoinette. But I really wanted to create a legacy and something like Disney, even though that is their last name, but something that could all these different things could be an umbrella underneath it. So for yeah. me, the vision was and I honestly was inspired by Westworld um, because they Westworld for, from the show. Yeah, on from the show HBO? Westworld. Yeah. yeah. So I was watching Westworld and I was trying to brainstorm on, on my company name and then Westworld um, was on and they were talking about all these different paths and how people could actually, you know, break out of their cycles and, and leave their programming. And I was like, that's what I want people to do when they watch my films. I want them to think outside the box, leave the path and, and follow one that's left and create their own path. For me, Pathway was like, um, was a destination. And, and the mm -hmm. destination, which they find out in Westworld, is them. You know, the destination is about it's getting to know yourself better. So I want all my films to make people know themselves better. And um, their destination is, their final destination is them. And I think that's what life is about. So that name was really important to me. And um, all that to say that, you know, uh, finding your path is important. And, and that's what our movies hope to help you do. That's actually really dope in the fact that the destination is that person you want the film to be, uh, to resonate with your audience so much. So that I, with that being said, I picked up on your catch slogan on your Instagram that said film is the destination. Yeah. So it makes a lot of sense. That, yeah. that brings it together for me. Yeah. That's really deep. And it's always funny how those things happen where you're mm. sitting, just like you say, I wonder what my name is going to be. <laughs> my name, I mean, you know. And then you're watching Westworld all of a sudden. Path. Pathway. Yeah. yeah. I like cinema. Pathway. Oh, that's it. That's million dollars it. It's going to last. That was it. I love that. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Uh, mm -hmm. No, I was going to say, yeah. And I, on my, I have three boys. So um, it's also like having black men and raising black men is it's really difficult and um, I wanted them and I've started, but I learned from them because, you know, that's like connecting with your inner child when you connect with your children. And so um, I, on my on my actual one, I have a couple different logos, but the one that I like the most is their three feet, you know, walking down the path. So ah, um, that's what that is. Yeah. Okay, I, I peep that. I peep that. <laughs> so it's yeah. their feet because, you know, they're they're following each other, but they're they're going to eventually take on their own paths, too. Just keeping it in the family. I love that. Uh, I'm going to say I love that every <laughs> moment I can this episode because I'm hyped. Oh, my God. I love, I love it. Being able to incorporate your children in your growth as well and then they have a destination for themselves through your art and whatever life choice they choose mm. uh or path they choose rather they'll be able to resonate with what you set before them now going into your movement within the industry you've had your hands in a great deal as i was pulling information i'm looking at projects such as Pam and Tommy, where you played the ultimate, <laughs> ultimate, ultimate role of Gina. That's super awesome. Being able to have fun with that. Uh, your series, uh, what was it? The Parkers versus the Universe. Yes. Uh, being able to write and produce along with having an acting credit. Uh, the Porcelain Chef, where we'll get into detail, where you also wrote, you also had a producing credit, and you also played Isis. Yes. 
along with that. I mean, I even caught a snippet of F Boy Free, which your character Bobby, which is hilarious. Oh I definitely God. want to be able to and <laughs> like really sit with that. I didn't get a chance to watch that, but I definitely want to be able to sit and see that character because you were in the woods talking about, you know, you're trying to have that come to Jesus moment <laughs> and then you turn around and get in that fight. That was hilarious. That was fun. A lot of fun. Mm. I mean, you've done that to, and the level of detail that you put into those roles and and your writing, you really pay attention to the little things I've noticed. Uh, Just to kind of go off a little bit, you worked on another short piece called Why Wine Overweight? Yes. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) And just... Just like just the different aspects of your characters to what you you give them some sort of personality to where I believe you said you got to be kidding me. I remember saying that line over and over. So that was like that's like a part of her character. When something's in disbelief, she says, you got to be kidding me. <laughs> Absolutely. You know, yeah. So it's really it's really dope to see you in those roles along with having the producer credits or writing credits. So tell me what was the motivation for you wanting to be a part of those roles along with writing and producing because I know you love acting but I know sometimes people like to kind of stray away and try to focus on one thing but you want your hand in the whole pot yeah you know I think at first I definitely don't want my hand in the whole pot now now that I've I've done those things yeah (laughs) I definitely don't want my hand in the whole pot and that is why I actually cast Kaya for hard drive because I originally wrote it for me and another actor and I said you know I said, I'm looking back. Yeah, I love my characters, and thank you so much. But the ones where I did not write and produce it, those roles were so much better than the roles that I played when I was tired from sending out call sheets and call Mm. times and staying up till 2 a.m. and then breaking down the set and bringing the pieces home and packing up the car in the morning. Like, Oh, man, wow. Those sets... (laughs) I (laughs) It took a toll on my acting. And so even though I usually... You know, it's just... I see how how beneficial it is to actually at least remove one of those hats um, because I look at hard drive and see how much more it has grown from my my first project. Um, even though Porcelain Chef was a good balance because I only had a small part in it, even though I was mm-hmm. supporting. So that was about the best balance. But when I shot Parker's, it was so overwhelming. And um, I'm just grateful that... I listened to my instincts that said, you know what, or listened to my intuition and said, you know what, you can, you can act and you can direct, <laughs> you can, <laughs> you can produce and you can direct, but you can't act right and produce. Not to say that I won't ever again, but I just think that on an indie level, it's more than just what a normal producer has to do. And so for that, um, I, I, I have grown and I've realized that, yeah, it was really awesome playing all those roles. And it was nice to have my hand in all the pot to test myself and see, you know, push myself to the limits, but um, definitely moving into the, into the future Um, with my next project. um, I'm definitely only, I'm choosing, I'm choosing a lane. (laughs) I, I don't blame you. I don't blame you at all. Yeah. Because when it comes to breaking down, picking everything back up, it's, it it does take a toll on you from the main focus. For me, I'm a photographer. I want mm-hmm. to be able to show show up and shoot. I enjoy everything else about it. But after the millionth time you've been breaking down lights oh. and then picking them up, trying oh. to put them in the car, especially if you drive a sedan, <laughs> yeah, it, it can become exhausting. So yeah. it's, you might want to have somebody else do that or go to a studio that has all their own lighting yeah. and I'll just pay extra. Yeah. So I can imagine that it took a toll on you. However, 
the work is not unwarranted because you've definitely been able to produce some some excellent work. And I say that honestly because Aww. let's just go into the porcelain chef, for example. Mm, okay. The the close-ups to let us know what you exactly what you were doing when you were cooking dinner for your your fiance or soon to be fiance, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and then having them in the kitchen and him going through his trauma. But at the same time you're like building the aspect of that character and kind of letting us in on there's something's about to happen or there's mm. something that she's preparing for where you're setting the table and you zoom they pan out when you put the glasses down you put the champagne in the bucket but then you guys did the photography to really set the scene that you have an intimate relationship thank you you know what i mean stuff like that to where once everything kind of calmed down in the beginning so we can get the the banter of the chef man uh his co-worker and they're just talking they're trying to get him prepared for the night that his special night they're panning between the shelves so that way we can kind of get the full scene of the kitchen but still have the focus on him. Like those type of things really, really set the scene more than what pe- some people realize if they really mm. don't watch film like that. Mm. Thank you. So, no problem. Those little details, I definitely appreciate it. And with you, when I saw your name as the writer and then saw your name as the producer, I was like, yo, she really has something here. This is something different compared to what I saw, like some of her comedic roles that she she's helped with or she's wrote for. She definitely wanted to take a different kind of like creepy tone to the point where you guys won an award back in 2019. Yes. Thank you. Yeah. So do me a favor. When it comes to that project and winning that award, what type of feelings were you going through? Did you think that you were going to win or did you already know you had it in the bag? Whew. Well, I think, <laughs> thank you. First of all, let me just say I appreciate your, uh, first of all, thank you for watching it. Secondly, yeah. um, thank you for the film analysis because a lot of things, a lot of people, you know, I that's what I wanted the audience to do, you know, was to mm-hmm. hone in on those small moments and, you know, put together the whole story. I, I, one thing I don't like is to ever force feed or give somebody the story. I want you to work for it because mm-hmm. I want you to know that you're paying attention because, what again, Film is to to slow down all these moments that we take for granted. So if I'm asking you to give me 15 minutes of your time, I mean 15 minutes of your time. And if you miss something, then you don't get the movie. So um, Porcelain Chef was just really important to me. Um, it was this. It wasn't the first thing I wrote. The first thing I wrote was for ABC, like this um, Universal. I wrote like a. a a, a comedy series about being woke and about like mm. these, these six um <laughs> these six uh friends that decide to renounce their lives in America and go back home to the motherland and honestly oh, wow. I, I yeah no I wrote it from it was 90 pages I wrote it in three days it was very ambitious because the deadline was approaching um but Porcelain Chef wasn't my first rodeo and it was a lot shorter than than the 90 pages I had wrote for that competition. And um, what I realized was though, Porcelain Chef came from a more real place. And mm-hmm. for me, Porcelain Chef was um, this, my, my favorite genre, I didn't know, but my favorite genre, I thought it was romance, but it's really psychological thriller. And sure. so w- my favorite movie is Inception. My favorite director is Christopher Nolan. So um, he also had a movie called Memento, where if you blink, you don't know what happened. He wrote it with his brother, Jonathan Nolan. And I just remember watching these movies over and over again as a child. And so it left a huge impression on me. Um, And so (laughs) the other thing is I tell people all the time, 
is you have to be inspired by non, uh, you know, just regular things. Because I think Family Guy does a really good job of writing suspense. And honestly, okay. this was also inspired by Family Guy. Um, it was an episode with the golden poop. I don't know if you saw it. <laughs> but I it's know, I, don't, I don't know if I saw that way. Okay, so it's basically like it was very it was actually kind of anecdotal cuz it wasn't the full episode. It was just like this whole I don't even know what Seth um <laughs> Rogan was thinking about, but um yeah, he did this whole series over multiple episodes where we would cut to this 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 character that had no relevance to the story at all. But it was like this whole sequence where it was like almost like the Telltale Heart, like by Edgar Allan Poe, where oh, yeah. the floorboards are speaking to them. Well, they found this golden poop a cop does at this crime scene. And mm. um, <laughs> he brings it home and him and his wife are like, we're going to split it. Well, of course, the wife takes the golden poop and maims him and hits him on the back of his head because he wants to end up giving it back because his conscience is getting to him. Okay. So there was a lot of conscious stuff in this, but also the direction in this was very slow. It was like completely opposite of Family Guy, like a lot of slow pushes in and close-ups on eyes and lightning. And so I was like, man, I really like this episode. I'm going to do something with it. So when I wrote Porcelain Chef, <laughs> some of that was inspired by Family Guy. Some, most of it was inspired by The Machinist and um, Inception. Ah, yeah. And all these different um, psychological thrillers that I really enjoyed, Silence of the Lambs. Um, so I sat down and wrote it. It took me a while. It was also, <laughs> I guess it kind of goes back to the romance. It was also kind of inspired by a guy I had dated, to be honest. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, who worked in a restaurant. And um, I felt like he was closed off to me. And it was something I couldn't get past. And so I made up what I thought it was, um, and which was childhood trauma. And, mm. um, yeah, and then I just played it out in my little mind. <laughs> so, no, you did. Yeah. You did. That was creepy. Yeah. And um, it's a lot of metaphors. But, I mean, the actor that ended up, um, Kenneth Trujillo, who ended up playing Joe, you know, he... He really sold me and he really brought the character to life. So um, I took a lot from, I grew a lot from that production, but especially being my first, winning on my first. I did think we were going to win way more film festivals. We only did two, um, but okay. I didn't apply to as many. One, because the fees were astronomical. And then two, because I, I applied to the ones I wanted to win. <laughs> okay. You know, we didn't win Sundance. We didn't go to Sundance, but I applied to the ones. And I get it because the subject matter is different. And I didn't realize at the time, being my first time submitting to a film festival, that film festivals are really big on messages. Not that this one didn't have a message, but um, I think film festivals operate in a different way than my writing does which is okay. okay. I could sit and write for just a film festival, but I I like entertaining, not that film festival stuff aren't entertaining, but I like films that entertain in a way that I like to entertain. And I don't want to ever have to customize my writing for, um, or tailor it to win a prize. So I think the prize is the work mm. and that you like it. And so it was an added bonus to um, to have our work recognized. But I think even without that validation, I, I'm still in love with this piece. I've watched it still a million times, and um, it still continues to inspire my writing to this day. Well, I definitely appreciate you sharing that, uh, especially since you pull from so many avenues of your life, from a past relationship to 
uh, family guy, which is always <laughs> funny, where it's like, you just don't know where your inspiration is going to come. And uh, the Noen brothers to really hone in on a story that you were really looking to tell and then wanting an accolade for it, which is awesome. It, t- it pretty much sets you up for your next big project, mm. uh, which was Hard Drive. And I remember it was that night. I, I, I won't forget, actually. Let me uh, start at the beginning. It was Kaya who reached out to me like a couple of months prior. Yes. And she was like, hey, I'm going to invite you to this premiere. And I was like, oh, okay, cool. That's what's up. Just let me know. And then she sent it to me uh, and pretty much got everything squared away. Did the uh, the guest listening wrong because I was supposed to add somebody else, but I ended up doing it by myself. And that's when I believe she reached out to you. Yeah, you were like, "Oh yeah, he can have a of one plus course. one come through." Yeah, and so I was like, "Oh snap, she's my friend." So <laughs> went went in, you know, put on little little clothes, wear went in, you know, seeing everyone, sitting down, enjoying themselves. And I was like, "Oh, there's a whole itinerary." I'm like, "Okay, cool," and we're just all having a good time mingling and then they open those doors at like eight o'clock, eight fifteen. And we see the lights going out. It's dark, it's pink. You know, <laughs> so it's like it's very lively. It's very uh it's very fun and it looks very festive. You have hard on the left side, drive on the right side, uh the big signs on the floor with the lights coming out of them. And it's like oh I, first thing I thought was they spent some money. <laughs> They definitely spent some money. Uh, And so I walked in. I was at table seven. I remember seeing my name at table seven. I was like, okay, I like the little illuminated seven. I'm in here. I feel feel important. And so everybody's eating. Everybody's chilling. And all of a sudden, we hear you come out. Yo, your husband comes. And he gives you all these accolades and love and support, which was awesome. You know, very warm welcome. And then you come out and you have what, like the white sparkly or cream sparkly Mm. uh, dress on. Mm. So you came through flowing. (laughs) <laughs> excited you were majestic mm. and you came on stage and you let us all know that you put your blood sweat and tears into this project and we sh- it showed and i'm a big fan of web series like i follow black and sexy tv different things of that nature and i love seeing us on screen in any type of way shape form or fashion especially when it comes to an artist being able to express themselves and expose themselves creatively with that being said Tell me briefly about the process from start to finish. I remember you mentioned saying it was a three-year process. Tell me about that process of getting the cast together, really getting the idea going, you know, how Kaya helps you, like, uh, help us, like, illustrate, basically, your process from starting hard drive and completing it. Well, first of all, thank you for illustrating that beautiful night because I didn't get to see it from your perspective. So oh, it was great. sharing that perspective, it just, I mean, it's just full circle. It, it makes me appreciate the night even more. So thank you for that. Yeah. Um, the process for hard drive. Oh, my God. This thing. Ugh. Sorry. It's so. Ugh. This thing. This this show. Like, I had no idea it was going to snowball into this. I had no idea. Yeah. I had no idea I was going to book Buckhead Theater. Honestly, if I could tell, say one thing about this project is the spirit just continued to move me. And move me. Yeah. And move me. And I said, okay. <laughs> I said, I don't know why you want me to write this story, God. <laughs> but I'm gonna write this story because the inspiration, it was so it was just it it happened, it just it was effortless. And it just poured from me, especially the pilot. But basically, um, I was coming off of Parker's and I was like, Man, I 
I was writing a, a series for a friend of mine who was also an actress and she was going to star in it. And it was a Uber series, one minute short. So I was like, man, I could write a one minute, sh you know, every time. But it had to be like, it was exciting because I was really excited for this. I'm like, it has to be concise. If we're going to have right. one minute episodes. We have to have an arc in one minute. We have to have, you know, a full story in under one minute. So that was a challenge to me. Um, and we were in the working process of it. Um, and it just, it just, it kind of fell apart. I don't know if communication broke down. I don't know if they decided they didn't, weren't going to do it, but I was speaking with her um, partner at the time who was a producer and um, just never got anything back. So for me, I just don't start the work until, you know, everything's all ironed out, which I wasn't charging them, but I just wanted to make sure, you know, if I'm writing for somebody else, like what does episode one look like? You know, that whole thing. Sure. Um, and then, um, I was also working on a project with um, my co-star from Parker's, um, and it was um, Cherry Suede. Mm -hmm. And um, it was a show about pimps. And um, we were still in pre-production on that, but um, I was like, man, I was like, and I'm a huge, huge fan of, fan of Breaking Bad. Like, seeing, you watch, watch the episodes one too many times, like back when Netflix was like just, Netflix and without, you know, being super flicks. Mm -hmm. um, Breaking Bad was one of those shows that I was like, okay, I never watched AMC. I'm going to binge this. So, Oh, great show. Awesome I, show. Man. I'm the one who knocks. Come yes, on. come on. Mm -hmm. And all the merch, everything, like the whole story, everything, like the message is that some people are just bad because they, they're bad. They're just bad right. people. And I think that kind of resonates with, with me and with Porcelain Chef too, as and you know, it's like people wear a mask and, and they're not always being themselves. So but I had and I loved Scarface and I I like gangster movies. I like Sopranos. I like gangster movies. <laughs> and I was like but I also really love tech. You know, I'm not very tech savvy, but I like what technology has done for us. And I was like, you know, I'm going to take all this inspiration. And I said, I just literally woke up one day and I said, why don't they have an app for prostitutes? <laughs> just, oh, there it is. Literally woke up one day and I was like, they should have an app for prostitutes. And I was like, that would be like, and I was talking to my husband. I was like, that would be, he was like, that doesn't even make sense, Sheree. I was like, you don't ever see the vision. I'm like, I'm going to write about it and I'm going to show you that they could do it. And mm -hmm. for me, I have always been an idea person. Even before I knew I was a writer, I was always an idea person. So I will always come up with ideas. I'll be the one in the neighborhood, like, we should have our own carnival. And then we'd all go make carnival, like a roller coaster or whatever. You know, right. I was the one who was like, hey, let's." I was just always that person. So um, Candace, the lead, is much like me. So I literally was like, I'm going to... I always come up with get rich quick schemes and I'm going to write a show about a girl who comes up with a get rich quick scheme with her male boy's best friend and um, talk about this, this really big provocative thing. But because I'm very PG 13, <laughs> I can't say, I can't tell the story the way that most people would like euphoria. I can't tell the story right. like that. I love right. the camera angles on Euphoria, but I can't. So I said, you know, what's a movie that I love? I said, I love Clueless. So I was like, I want it to be Breaking Bad meets Clueless, where we can talk about provocative things, but I don't want it to be Game of Thrones, where we're in a whorehouse and seeing yeah. ass and titties. Right. So I, I wanted it to be a show that anyone could enjoy. Again, like, that's 
pathway cinema like i want it to be a, de- a show that anyone can enjoy and of course you know i feel like it's pg-13 you know at least be 13 to watch it but i didn't want it to be a show where like you got to watch it through your fingers you know so i um <laughs> I, I just got that it just hit me and i had to think about it i was like ah yeah you yeah. know when you were a kid and yeah. it was a scene that came up and your uh-huh. parents would you watch so i didn't want it to be that type of scene i want everything to be very tasteful and fun because i feel like when you're coming up with get rich quick schemes that's fun like to yeah. me i wanted to really glamorize like wolf of wall street it like it's fun to see scam it's fun to just you know not that she's scamming she's using her education to like better herself but that's how the idea was born and then the writing like I said it took about a year because I was working as a nurse and it was just hard like I'm a very part I want people to when they read my write. first of all to write it I had to read so I had to go and Mm. read the Breaking Bad scripts um Mm, okay so I went and read the Breaking Bad Bad scripts and then I went and read the Clueless script so that's why it took so long to write, because I do research before I write. If I wanted to sound like this, then I need to know how it was a lot of education and like just trying to see how, you know, um, how he formatted Breaking Bad. Um, so I, I just wanted to make sure that all the formatting was good. Everything was good. And then, you know, I sent it out to a couple of friends. And honestly, no one said anything like I, I sent out to one producer who I also knew acted and and she was just like hey I'm not I don't act in anybody else's stuff but my own so I was like okay cool mm, okay um so then I sent it out to another person and, and they were like oh dang Candace is a pimp you know so that was about the most feedback I got sent mm-hmm. out to a, another director that I really look up to and respect and he was just kind of like, hey, I'm I'm busy right now, but we could talk about, you know, me helping you promote it in the end, but I just can't, you know, give the time to direct it. Sure. Um, but before all of that, before I, before I sent it to, um, that was a little bit later in the process, but and then I sent it out to Kaya and um, I said, you know, I was like, um, I was like, hey, I have this script. I think you would be great to play it because I, I had realized that after the people that I thought would play opposite me and once I realized that we weren't working together again, it was kind of like, okay, well then I, I don't really want to act in this. Maybe I need to try to direct it. Um, Cause okay. I kind of saw my missteps from Parker's and how it could have had more direction if I was like behind the camera um, and not focused on my lines. So then I sent it to Kaya and um, she loved it. And I was like, dang, somebody actually likes it. Finally. Hey, like, I was deal. like, I'm finally getting feedback. And she was like, oh, yeah, I want to read for this. I want to audition. And so she sent in her audition. And I just, like, had tears in my eyes. I was like, wow. It was exactly how I saw it in my head and better. Mm-hmm. I was like, I couldn't have played it better, to be honest. Even when I look back today, I'm like, could I have done this role? I'm like, no. This role was for Kaya. It was about me. I had, there's bits of me in every character. But I'm not completely Candace Carter. And I don't know that if I could be as transparent and as vulnerable as Kaya was to be a villain. Um, she did her thing. She did her thing whew. for sure. Yeah. So like everybody did. Yeah. Oh, so once Kaya got on board and um, then, you know, we got kind of into now I have to earn this money and the pandemic hit, we were going to shoot it a lot earlier and we had a different uh, uh, cinematographer at first and I had a different trend at first and we we're going to shoot it like months after I sent it to her and after she got the audition 
Um, but then in the pre-planning, I was saving and then COVID hit. And then it was all these huge contracts for nurses. And I was like, okay, God, is this you giving me the budget? <laughs> yeah. yeah. So the budget literally has quadru quadrupled. The budget was supposed to be uh, $15,000. I was like estimating like uh, $3,000 an episode. It balloons into like $100,000. <laughs> wow. What a blessing. That's dope. Yeah. That's dope. So I worked 60 hours a week um, for sometimes more than that. There was a couple of weeks I worked 72 hours a week for a year. Worked through COVID. I took off like maybe, I would say probably nine months. I probably had weeks off here and weeks off there um, throughout that probably totaled about three months. But yeah, it was intense. And um it, it it also let me know that I had to exit nursing. Like, I was like, I can't do this anymore. Um, right. But, yeah, so um, did that. Saved up a lot of money. Um, actually, not that I saved up a lot of money. We filmed it. <laughs> and I realized I had blown all my budget on filming. <laughs> so wow. then I had to go back and work again to finish paying for post-production. And I'm still not completely finished paying for post-production. Post-production <laughs> so, is expensive. So it, I get it. It was, yeah, because I wanted these graphics and I wanted this. And I was like, I wanted to feel like a Marvel show. That that ended up happening. You um, know what? You know what? <laughs> I mean, that it does. I, I One thing I did appreciate, without giving too much, is the ending credits. Yeah. And like just the beginning where you introduce the title card and then go right into the show after mm -hmm. your um, your exploration in different ways to shoot the you know to tell us mm -hmm. what the episode is sort of going to be about right and then the end when you're going through the graphics through the car and then seeing the the charm that we got in the little gift bags and mm -hmm. stuff like that mess was cool like the, like i said those little details were dope Ooh, they were they were better than i had in my head like literally shout out to halo union productions like they did their thing with the vbx and i honestly I cried. Like, literally, I had saw the movie. Of, I had saw, saw we, me and Kaya have been playing this back. And thank you, Kaya, for helping me to push this and bring it up to the right speed for production so that we, people can really enjoy the story and not have to worry about little details, like, you know, with quality. So I'm right. completely grateful to her for encouraging me, you know, to up the quality, which is what up the budget, but mm -hmm. <laughs> definitely worth it. But anyways, when I saw, I had saw, we had watched this a million times, like a million times. I don't know how many times... Being in the editing room, it was crazy because everything was logged in here and there. And we shot all these episodes in two weeks. And so it mm. was just crazy to to have to go through and pull. And I had never gone through footage and logged it before because this was my first time directing. So I'm pulling log and going through hundreds and hundreds of hours of footage. And it was it. So I had already seen the stories a million times. But the moment that they added that intro title card and the dang mm -hmm. credits. It was a show, mm -hmm. and I could not help but cry. I was like, this is it. Because when one of my, so when I always write, I always write with intentionality. I always write with a goal. And my goal for Hard Drive was to create the best story with the highest quality that I can create within my budget. And if that means scaling back on the length of time that it is, I just wanted to make sure it wasn't about duration, that it was about quality. And so mm -hmm. I wanted it to feel like a show no matter how long each episode was. And so right. having that same format, and again, shout out to the writers of Breaking Bad because he always had a cold intro and then title credits. And then so and then when I look at Marvel for inspiration, they have in credit scenes. And so I wanted to pull from all these things that really make shows excited make because audiences want familiarity. 
Right. They want to go and they want, we're anxious all day. We're anxious about, am I going to get this bill paid? We're anxious about what time I got to be at work tomorrow. All this chore list we haven't got to. So people don't want to come into the, to even if it's suspense, they don't want to feel anxiety. Because even if it's you building suspense, they're kind of anticipating and knowing what, what's going to happen. And that makes them feel secure. And so my mm-hmm. goal is to make my audience feel secure, even if it's within suspense. And by curating a format, by having a cold intro, by having credits be this way, and you know that the, the song is going to change based on what song is playing at the end, I think that yeah. creates a, a sense of comfort. And people can, like, it feels like home. And so, again, it's about that destination. So I want people to really feel comfortable. And so when the twins put all that together... I was finally like, okay, I knew this was good, but now it's perfect. (laughs) (laughs) So, but yeah, that process was, it was a long, it took a year in post to get here. So, um, but again, like it all just goes back to intentions. And so even at the premiere, like you said, we had the tokens from the credits. We had the bug outside. As soon as you walk Mm -hmm. in, we're setting the tone because the story doesn't end because the premiere started. The store, the premiere is an extension of the story. So, again, that's where I, I am deeply rooted in my mission here is to tell a story. And I know that that's why I was my purpose on Earth is to tell stories. But you have to make the audience feel a part of it. So when you guys came to the premiere, I wanted you guys to feel like you were a part of this story. Um, even from the invitation when we call you guys writers. It is so important that we set the tone. And so, yeah, three years of my life went into hard drive. And it was better than three years in college because I learned so much working with all the talent on here, working with Kaya, working with Halo Union, working with James, our sound guy, James Gary, like working with all these people. They taught me more than I would have gotten three years of film school. So and I got to see a really good proof of concept from working with so many awesome individuals. That is awesome. And we appreciate you. You put a lot of love into that and you spread that love through that whole entire uh, event. And we felt, at least I can speak for myself, I felt very welcomed in your world. And I appreciate that. And even though that was welcoming, I know you have other things that you're going to welcome us to as well. So tell us what is next for Sri Antoinette. So I... I will tell you, I, I do love podcasts. And one podcast, um, we listened to The Ringer Report. Um, mm-hmm. And there was this episode with Matt Damon and um, Ben Affleck, and they talk about writing Goodwill Hunting and that process and how long it took for people to believe in them, even though they were working actors and they were getting gigs and how no one believed in that story. And um, one thing that I learned from them and from what I've learned in my past from acting classes is that you have to continue to create with the people who inspire you to continue to create with the people who bring out the stories that you want told. And so that's why they grew up together in Boston. And I feel like I'm from Atlanta. So my next story, I plan on using Kaya as my lead again. And I mean, we see it all the time, like with people with favorites, like, you know, you know um, who Martin Scorsese is going to work with. <laughs> you know, right, right, right. you know who um, uh, 
Christopher Nolan's going to cast. You know there's going to be Leonardo DiCaprio in his movie, you know. So mm-hmm. for me, I've built that relationship now with Kaya Klingman. And um, so we're working on um, a couple a couple of projects, but the main one is called Playlist. Um, and it's another psychological thriller. And it's about a, um, a grief-stricken artist who finds herself, you know, basically crippled with, with writer's block, with depression, following a breakup and um so she ends up turning to her ex's spotify list and she ends up having an obsession with it and believes that he's communicating with her through this spotify playlist and then lines of reality begin to blur and um we get into some really really cool cinematography (laughs) i'm looking forward to that premiere Thank I'm hyped right now. Thank that that kind of you should have seen my face. I was like, oh, <laughs> no, it's, the playlist. Nah, it's oh cool. yes, yeah, and it's. I mean, it's really gonna get into a lot of like it's just it's just it's been on my mind for so long to make and um, writing it now and like seeing it's basically a mix between La La Land and um, um, Inception. So it's like La La Land meets Inception because there's a lot of black box moments. But basically, the biggest thing is whenever she plays hits play on a song, we don't know when she hits play or if the play song is already playing. And then her memories are all we don't know what's happening in real time. So she may be in the kitchen cooking and then her ex comes in and they're arguing and you're like, well, what? Where did this happen? When did this happen? So it is very cinematography heavy and um very heavy on music. It's like a musical without people singing. <laughs> Beautiful. Because I love music, but I do not like musicals. Exactly. So I Same. So you can have a love for music and not <laughs> want to hear people break out in song. So, Well, through your journey, you have grown from the ashes, from feeling the early stages of disappointment from the craft to learning how to leverage from that disappointment and continue to persevere through it all. You've definitely been able to give us your gifts in many different ways, from modeling to acting to writing to fitness in order to encapsulate who you really are as an artist. From there, you got to branch out and really work on a an awesome piece to win you an award and then be able to leverage that opportunity to create your own work where you actually got to direct, where you actually got to put love, blood, sweat, and tears and work with an awesome team to really make your dream come true. And you got to share it with us on stage. When I say that, you you inspired me to take your pathway to get to that film destination. I mean it. And when I say that, I say that in truth. Thank you so much for coming on the show today. Oh my God, Blair. You have made my day coming on this show and i love hearing your stories and i appreciate you sharing them with us thank you um i'm so grateful to be able to share them for you to be able to give me an audience to share them and hopefully connect with my audience out there that's listening and yeah i had a good time talking with you i felt like we were like i was at a tea a high tea party and yeah the sheree that's fancy yes with our pinkies (laughs) up the sheree antoinette definitely came out um today but yeah i'm very grateful um it was an easy conversation and it was definitely a creative one good deal thank you so much now before we close out do me a quick favor and just tell the people where they can find you all right. So you can find me on Instagram, Shree Antoinette22, 
or you can find me at Pathway Cinema. Um, my website is pathwaycinema.com. My YouTube is Pathway Cinema. Um, we're also on Amazon, The Porcelain Chef Film. And we're on Instagram at Hard Drive the Series, Facebook, Hard Drive the Series, Twitter, Hard Drive the Series. So follow us, like, and subscribe so that we can continue to bring you awesome content and stories that are meant for you to find your highest self. And there you have it, people. Give it up wherever you are listening to my awesome guest, Sheree Antoinette. Thank you all for joining in one more time. And do me a favor, people. Go to Spotify. Go to Apple Podcasts and look up Creative Conversations. Find my face and hit that follow button. Hit that five star so that way more people can listen to our conversations. Until next time, everybody, stay blessed and always stay creative. Peace.